Hey, beautiful humans. Welcome to Sex, Love and Everything in Between. Mm, You're here with Jacob and my wife, Meg. And this is the place where we have all the very, very real, raw and extremely unfiltered conversations (laughs) about sex, love and everything in between. Oh, yeah. It's here you get a behind-the-scenes look into our relationship. And we will not be holding back, will we, my love? No, Mm -mm. we don't know how to do that. Not at all. So, beautiful ones, thank you for being here. Enjoy this episode. Hey, lover. Hi, my man. Hey, lovers. Hey, lovers. It's been a minute since we've been in the podcast chairs. I know. We mm. we batched some episodes a few weeks ago. We got organized. So yeah, I feel like it's I feel like it's been ages. It's probably been ten days. It's been ten days. Are you in my reach? Reach. Heaven. What? I said that sounds like heaven. <laughs> <laughs> my avoidant tendencies coming through. <laughs> no, you just like space. You know the power of space. Yes. Mm, how are you feeling today, my love? I'm really chill today. I feel really good. I went to Pilates, did some work, read my book. I'm reading a sexy fantasy novel right now. Mm. Just for anyone who (laughs) wants to know. Like kind of like Shrek? (laughs) I am never Like a sexy Shrek? I'm never into fantasy. And we also got a puppy, guys. Oh, yeah. Sorry, guys. There is a third person in the studio. Yeah. Well, he actually doesn't even give a shit about us. He's just left. Yeah. I thought I wanted him to like lie down. I thought he was going to sit on your lap and just for and the just whole entire fall asleep hour. asleep and I pat him. Mm. He was doing that a little bit, but he's he's getting a lot bolder in the. He's uh, he's definitely bringing in the psychotic vibes. <laughs> he was a menace when I took him on a walk yesterday. He he has been pretty chill though. He has. He, he has. has. So yeah, for those of you that uh, I'm sure most of you follow us on Instagram by now. We have a dog. We have a dog. Jacob surprised me with a dog. We're dog people now. Yeah, I've never owned a dog ever no. in my life. And Jacob, you've owned I've never many, not, many, many. I've never, I didn't, I don't know, like my childhood, there was always at least two dogs at mm. my house. Mm. Minimum. Yeah. <laughs> and now whenever we go home to your parents' house, usually there are puppies. There's puppies. There's another dog that I don't know where it's they come from. They always get dog. Like, yeah, yeah, there's always at least four dogs, three dogs, three to four dogs at your parents'. There is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you had said a few weeks ago, you were like, because we wanted to get a dog about a year ago and then we were going to go get a rescue mm. and we found a rescue we liked, but then it was, it was like nearly two years old and we just did we, our property isn't fenced. So we were like, that would be hectic. Yeah. Um, and then you said like, and then because we want to have, you know, children soon, I was just like, oh, I, that just feels way too intense for me to, to kind of have a, have a dog before we have a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I've watched other people do that and that just looks really intense. <laughs> <laughs> and then you said a few months ago, you were like, oh, I nearly bought a dog today. And I was like, what, what do you mean you nearly bought a dog? And you were like, yeah, I just saw some a blue cattle dog online and I was legit nearly mm, bought it. I nearly bought it. I don't know whether I was having a, I was feeling lonely or I needed a, some, I don't know whether it was driven, but I was just like, oh, I think it's time for me to get a dog. I loved that. And that mm. got me so excited. And then I said to you in that, I said, if you get a dog, do not tell me, mm-hmm. like just show up with it. And 
You literally did that. I did that. I followed you were, through. You were even joking on Instagram. I mm-hmm. did not. Like, you joked about it on Instagram that weekend when you were away. You mm-hmm. said, should I bring Meg home a dog? And then I nearly brought home two. What was the second one? The other, one his brother. Oh, yeah. And then he said last week, like a day after we got him, yeah, my cousin's going to bring another a Kelby for us at Christmas. I go, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a no to that. That would be way too intense. Yes, that would be. That would be full on. But I love, and I reflected this back to you this week, that I grew up in a household where, like, my dad is like, mm, what word would you use? Straight. <laughs> He's straight. He's very straight. He's, like, meticulously uh, organized or, like, plan. My family loves a plan. They are. And, like, growing mm. up, there wasn't a lot of spontaneity. Mm. There wasn't a lot of spontaneity in my home. And even like everything was structured, even the way we communed with nature was on a hockey field. <laughs> like I was never really in nature. I was never really mm. doing like it was very structured city living. Everything was planned. Don't do something if it doesn't make sense. So we, I wanted a dog. We wanted a dog so bad growing up. And my dad was just like, no, 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 no. Um, and you like what I love. Your family's so sensible. So sensible. They're so sensible. And your family. My is family the is opposite. nonsense. <laughs> like, they're nonsensical. They <laughs> Which I love, but I reflected this back to mm. you that you. That is a part of you that I love. The fact that like I never got surprised like that, or there wasn't anything that was like, oh my gosh, when mm. I was younger. A lot of the time, um. And so I loved that you just literally rocked up with a puppy and we did not have that conversation. We didn't say like. What are the pros and cons? Yeah. You would do, you just rocked up with a puppy, puppy and suddenly I had a puppy. But I also, why I can respect that energy is because you don't do that and then go, ha, huh, your responsibility. Like <laughs> I was okay with that because you rocked up with a puppy and I know you're devoted to being the one to train the puppy, pick up the puppy's poo. Like, you know, you're then responsible for the decision. Mm. And I think I've seen in, you know, there's, there's other, other people use that energy of like spontaneity to maybe get a quick dopamine hit or to like surprise their partner in some way, but then maybe don't follow up with the devotion and commitment to whatever they've brought into the space. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to bring that. Cause it's like, I think that's level of spontaneity is like, yeah, that, that's really exciting and I really appreciate it and love that in you. But you also back it with responsibility. Yeah, it's not just this like momentary like feeling that I I create. I'm like, oh, look what I've done. Such a good job. Look at me being like the surprise, uh, the man with the surprise. But then it's like, oh, this actually requires me to now for the next, well, 15 years be responsible for this dog. Yeah. Because mm. I think spontaneity without responsibility is chaos. Totally. Yeah, mm. which if you're a man, you know, in relationship with a woman, that is not a good combination because that's not going to have her feeling safe. That's not going to have her trusting you. Mm. That's probably going to have her doubting your decisions all the time and potentially, um, yeah, doubting your decisions. What I would say to this, and this is important for men to understand, it can be a surprise and feel spontaneous for your partner, but it can be a really well thought out decision for you. Yeah. Okay. I love that. Mm-hmm. So if you want to surprise your partner, like you don't have to like tell them everything or ask them everything to make sure that you get it right. Cause mm. guess what? I get it wrong a lot. Listen to 
two episodes ago. <laughs> I get it wrong a lot, but I'm also very willing to take a risk. And that is what makes yeah. the, the passion, the excitement, the attraction in our relationship continue to grow. Yeah. And I, I, I truly believe that if I didn't take the risks that I did in our relationship, if I didn't like back myself and trust myself and at times when you don't, you might doubt me or you might, uh, your, your stories or beliefs might come through. Like that's not a sensible thing to do. I have to trust myself. I have to be like, no, this is, I'm, I can do this. That's, and I think we're going to deepen into this in this episode, but that's mm. one of the things I find sexiest about you that even in the face of my doubt, you you are unwavering. Mm. And that's what I feel. That's what makes me feel so safe yes. in this relationship. And I think this is the essence, if if those listening have heard of like feminine testing before, which is almost this like behavior of the feminine where we kind of want to like push on our man. Just want to make sure. You know, energetically. What were you going to say? I was like, yeah, keep going. I just butted in. That's okay. Um, we want to like push on our man energetically to see if he's, rooted to see if he's unwavering, to see if he's like solid in what he believes, in his decision, in himself. And this can this can lean into a manipulative quality. So I don't think, you know, we should always be testing our our partners. But I think this is just like a natural part of the feminine where, you know, say you decide and this happens a lot. <laughs> Say you decide to do something, maybe it's in your business or, and I bring a little bit of my doubt. You will go, thank you for sharing that. I'm still going to do the thing I just shared. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I'm, I'm really, I really appreciate you bringing those things and I can hear that you're worried or I can, I can hear that there's things coming up for you around this. And I'm, I'm still devoted to doing this thing. I trust myself. And that's so fucking sexy. Mm. So fucking sexy to be like, even when I test you and I try and project my doubt onto you, you're not taking a fucking bar of it. Mm -hmm. And you're also going to listen to me and have me have, have me experiencing the feeling of being heard and not shaming me for bringing that. But you're also not going to let it fucking touch you. And that's just like, Oh, unbelievably sexy Mm. you're so right in the allowing you to still be heard yeah like i'm not making you like feel wrong for having that doubt or having that feeling yeah and i'm not making you wrong for like for for bringing that to me it's very much a thank you thank you for sharing that my love i can totally see how that that's that would be the way that you feel and i'm also going to continue to do it yeah yeah i've taken what I've, i've taken what you've said on board and I'm still going to do the thing that I said I was going to do. So thank you. Mm. But um, yeah, I'm going to continue on the path. And I think we as women can really come face to face with our controlling tendencies in those moments mm-hmm. where we're not willing to be with our own discomfort. So we want to control our man's experience or what they're doing so we don't have to feel certain things. And then that will be the thing that depolarizes your relationship, mm-hmm. removes the attraction, and inevitably leads to a very much sexless relationship or the end of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that has a man most likely feeling really disrespected, mm. controlled. Uninspired. Yeah. Mm. And as women, like, 
underneath that part of us that wants to control and like feels the need to control and micromanage our partner, underneath that, I truly believe is a deep desire to feel like the power of our man and feel his capacity for life and to trust that. But that doesn't just happen. It's not as if our man just magically becomes this like unbelievably trustworthy man. You could put the most trustworthy man in front of you and he could be giving you so much evidence that you can trust him. But that's an inside job for you as a woman. Mm -hmm. Like you need to choose to trust him. You need to choose to be with the parts of you that are like, no, my God, I want to control. I want to control. It's unsafe. It's like that's, you've got to be with your own discomfort. That's a huge part of the journey of respecting and trusting and empowering your man is being with your own discomfort. And that can look as simple as, and we've used this example many times before, your man is driving out to dinner. He's taking you on a date or you're driving fucking anywhere. He's driving and you tell him, you suddenly realize he's taking a right when you would take a left and you think the left is the right way. There's discomfort in your body. There's like, oh, that's the wrong way. What is he doing? I'm uncomfortable. I want, if he went left, I would be comfortable. And so you want to say something and say like, oh, you should go left here. Or that's the right, what are you doing? Where again, this isn't empowering. This isn't showing him respect or trust. So in order to show him respect and trust and really empower him, you've got to be with the discomfort of he's gone right. I would have gone left. Can I relax into this? Can I trust that we're still going to get to the fucking destination? And can I just, can I deeply trust that he knows where he's going and what he's doing? And that's such a, a micro moment or a minute moment, but that really sets the tone for an entire relationship moments like that. Mm-hmm. Massively. Hmm. And as a man, like if your woman does bring a feminine testing moment, like you don't have to take it personally. Mm. You don't have to make it out that you're wrong and that you need to prove to her that you're right. Mm. Hey, my love. Yeah, I know you can go that way, but I'm t- I'm going this way. We're going to get there. Don't worry. We'll be on time. I got us. Put on your favorite song. There's something about meeting that part of the feminine with lightness and play mm. that's incredibly healing. Yes. Because if you meet that part of the feminine with defense or uh, sensitivity, like your own, your own take it personally, that is just going to the situation. What I see men do and bless up beautiful brothers in your formula driven minds is that they will then want to explain why what the woman is doing is not actually empowering them to be a man. It's like, hey, when you do that, you're controlling me. And like for me to be in my masculine, I need to be respected. So when you do that, you're actually disrespecting me. (laughs) And it's just like, (laughs) I'm like, oh, bro, you're so close. And and this is the the, the intellectual part of, of this work that we can get caught in. And I see a lot of men get caught in when they go and do the mindset work or they read the books and listen listen to the podcasts, but they've never actually had the chance to sort of filter it down into their body, Mm. which is predominantly the work that I do with men. It's like, Mm. can you actually get out of the head into your body? And then even beyond that, can you trust something greater than yourself? Mm. But essentially in that moment, when you start explaining it to her, what she's done, you're trying to help her. You're almost like trying to coach her or show her how to not trigger you or not disrespect you. 
you want to command respect. Ooh. You like the word command, don't you? I think I need to tie you up today, don't I? Yeah. You really do. <laughs> you, you really. Does really... that make you want to cry? Yeah, it does. <laughs> Guys, we haven't had sex for like four days. No, it's been more like six. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> We've had a few false starts the last couple of nights and it just hasn't happened. So I think we're, yeah. I think we needed this. The podcast? Yeah. The podcast always brings us yeah. together. Well, but. yeah, not always, but sometimes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but what I want, what I want men so, to understand. Sorry, say, yes. Tie me up. Yeah, tie I will up. tie you up. Yeah. I'll tie you up straight after. I have all of my other. We'll do a live shabari. We're going to do a live shabari. <laughs> <laughs> um, just back to that point. Like when you try to f- intellectualize and share a formula rather than practice, mm. you're trying to help her understand how to respect you rather than commanding it with your embodied transmission of the masculine energy. Hey, my love. I know I could go. Yeah, I know you could go left and maybe that's the way that you go, but I'm going right. And we're going to get there on time, I promise. Mm. Sit down. Put on your favorite song. Mm. We've got another 10 minutes till we get there. Mm. Yeah, I, I love that. And I think mm. this is really, this takes this kind of like play and creativity and making art out of moments like this. It is it's risky because mm. <laughs> if you're bringing play into that moment, like if you were to, sometimes you'll turn to me in moments like that or like you'll kind of play into like, hey, you know, like I'm the man mm. and that, you know, you can do that to me. Some women might get fucking triggered by that. And I'll still- Like, how dare you? I'm, I, I can, you know, when I- t- <laughs> And uh, I, I would like to do that. It's like, I'm like, yeah, yeah, you can get upset. Okay. Throw a tantrum. And I'm still going right. Yeah, but if we go this way, then there's like the lights are quick. Happy days. I'm in control, my love. I'm in control. And you might have a woman that is very controlling or she's very yeah. independent based on her upbringing of needing to feel safe mm. because create safety for herself. And that's okay. Like this is, mm. this is the healing part. But if she does throw a tantrum or she gets a little bit heated, it's like, it's okay, my love. Mm. We're going to get there. I promise. Mm. It's not, oh, sorry. No, let's, let's go left. No. Yes. It's okay. You can, you can get frustrated. You can like show me the map. You can tell me about all the turns I could take to get to the place and we're still going right. Yeah. And that's not for me. That's not stubbornness. That's like a holding. That's a holding. That's like, and it's like, I just don't understand why you couldn't go left. I never was going left. Mm. That was never an option. Mm. It was never, there's not a reality where I was ever turning left. So we're going right. <laughs> I also want to like almost speak to the, the, the texture of that I'm bringing when I'm sharing these is mm. I'm slow, right? Mm. I'm like really intentional with each of my words. There's no um, ahs, if, buts, or maybes. Mm. There's a very direct delivery of what I'm saying. And in that, you hold the deeper state of consciousness. Mm. So when we're saying holding, you're not necessarily holding your woman or taking responsibility for her emotions. You're holding a deeper state of consciousness that allows her to have her experience and then calibrate to this depth that you're holding. Mm. And that comes through your breath, through your words, through your nervous system, and through just trusting yourself. 
and knowing that there is nowhere that you need to get to, mm. like removing that outcome, releasing the urgency and allowing whatever needs to take place, take place. Yeah. Mm. Something I just want to circle back to a little bit. Is circle back. When I said before, it's like, sometimes you'll like play into like, I'm, I'm the man, mm. like, you know, that command respect. And for me, I just want to bring the nuance here into this around like, I believe women are very fucking capable of extraordinary things. Oh yeah. I don't believe women need a man to do things. I believe if you weren't here in my life, I would be very fucking capable of doing all I know when you're away, when you're like, I'm I'm very fucking capable. I'm a very fucking capable woman. And I know that and can simultaneously play into being a damsel in distress sometimes Mm. and can simultaneously play into the role of just like resting into being led. Like I really don't th- it's so fucking black and white. I think people take this in such a black and white way. And if this isn't the dynamic that you want to play into in your relationship, that's fine. We're not saying this is the, you need to, uh, you know, play into these traditional roles and blah, blah, blah. But I would probably be comfortable saying that. No, but we're not saying you have to. Oh, you don't have to, but I'll no. be saying that if you want a good relationship, it's probably a good idea. Oh. <laughs> I'm not saying that guy's always like Um but I think I think it's so playful. Like there's mm. such a magic in and again, this is uh, mainly I'm speaking to the woman who feels like if she was to let go of control, it means something about her capacity and it means something about her her independence and it mm. means something about her. Like, no, I love playing the role, like being like, help me. Like, I don't know how to do this. Or like, I need a man to do this for mm-hmm. me. Or I love playing into that in our relationship. And I don't make it mean that I'm a helpless woman that doesn't know what the fuck she's doing and can't do, do do things. I'm a very fucking powerful woman in the world. I know how to make shit done. I have a very successful business. I I know my power in that. I don't doubt that. And that almost means that almost makes it more possible to go in and play these roles and and to just enjoy that, mm. to enjoy that experience. Mm. So I just wanted to um I don't know. I think I was, I was watching a reel this morning where a woman was talking about traditional roles and like having a man open a door for you. Um, and there were all these comments kind of being like, go back to the 1950s. And I was just like, fuck off. Yeah. Every, like, si- yeah, every single, I love a man opening a door for me. I love that kind of chivalrous kind of chivalrous, chivalrous, <laughs> chivalrous behavior. And mm. if we're like, Can we not, can we stop making that mean that a woman isn't capable? Can we stop making that mean that, hey, look at, I'm, I'm capable of all of these different things. So you're not allowed to open the door for me. Like, can we enjoy both the right to vote, the right to have a job, the right to earn money, all of these fucking things Mm. and the right to have a man open a fucking door for us and enjoy that feeling. You can take it up. You can take it as personally as you fucking want. And I will continue to open a door for a woman till the day I fucking die. You can, oh. you can, you can fuck off whoever's saying that shit. Like I will continue to help old ladies across the fucking street. I will mm. carry things that are heavy. I will always, always embrace that part of me and I will never ever force it upon the world in a way that doesn't allow your fucking rights to do what you need to do to feel a sense mm-hmm. of impact and meaning in the world. And this is the thing that I, th- 
especially women and a lot of guys who are working alongside their woman. Maybe you guys are both building businesses. Maybe you're growing together. That's awesome. Mm. That's great. Continue. Walk the path. You know, watch each other rise in those respective fields. But when you come back together, like practice relating. Mm. You don't don't come back and like try to fucking run a third business. Mm. Don't come back and try and fucking bring up the spreadsheet or get out the fucking to-do list. Like come back and like be lovers. Mm. Love doesn't have the the structure that a business does. Mm. Love doesn't hold this identity of like I need to do everything for myself. Mm-hmm. Mm. I think this is super important, and I I I, I love like we've we've just done a, a week two of ignite your intimacy around the art of loving a woman, the art of loving a man, and one of the things is like let him be fucking useful. Yeah, I can send like like that brings meaning to my life. Mm. That brings meaning to a man's life. Like I don't know, like. There's a funny story. I remember um, I wasn't the most embodied masculine uh, through my teens. I was very feminine. But I do remember one time where we were walking along and um, one of my, I was with one of my friends and one of this, the girls that we were walking along with, we were in a group and she got really cold and I had a hoodie on and I took it off and I handed it to her. And she was like, oh, thank you. I ended up losing that hoodie, which I'm still emotionally charged about, but that's what, another- she lost the hoodie? I don't know whether- I can't remember what happened, but anyway. So, never help a woman because it always backfires. But <laughs> in the moment, like, I was like, oh, I just took it off and handed it to her without thinking. And I was like, oh, that's a part of me that's like, oh, I want to ensure that you feel safe. Mm-hmm. And I remember my friend saying to me, and I um, was like, if I had a hoodie, I would have given it to her first. <laughs> I'm like- there is a part of us men that want to serve, that want to mm-hmm. lay down our jacket so the woman doesn't have to step into the puddle. Like there's a part of us that wants to give in that way. Mm-hmm. And at any point we make that wrong or any point we push that away and don't embrace that, we're, we're really denying a man the opportunity to feel loved. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy in this modern world, but this that's the truth. We're denying him the opportunity to experience love through getting to be of service to the relationship, service to the feminine. Amen. I was about to go on a massive rant that was not going on. Yeah. Stop. I think that people would want your rant. Well, that's what I was like. That's, how, <laughs> that's why the world's kind of fucked because we're denying the men the opportunity to serve the feminine. Therefore, they find manipulative and distorted ways to control it and overpower it. That's why we drill fucking holes in the earth. That's why we deforest mm. because we don't respect the feminine. And we're being told that respecting the feminine in the natural way that we want to is wrong as men. Mm. And this amplifies when we zoom right out to uh, fucking Elon wanting to, you know, set up a base on Mars, literally escape the world. Mm -hmm. And the way that we're using plastics, the way that we're doing this, this is all a direct, I believe it's a direct correlation between our, uh, our denying a man's deepest desire to experience love through being of service to the feminine. Yeah. And this is what I've learned through all of my spiritual practices. And this is why I believe like, men should have a spiritual practice is because it teaches you to have reverence for the great mother, Pachamama, Mother Earth. And in that, when you deepen your relationship of respect to the divine mother, the true, like, a true representation of the feminine, that trickles down into your entire life mm-hmm. with your woman, with other women, with your mother, with your grandmothers, with, with anything that holds the feminine pole, you have a, you have a deep desire to serve it and experience the respect that comes from serving it, which creates harmony, which creates intimacy, and it's kind of what we're all here to experience in this lifetime. Oof. Ah, ho. 
<laughs> oh. Mm. Mm. I think I think there's and I think this really beautifully segues mm. into one of the conversations we wanted to have today around the nice guy because I think when you said the world isn't really letting a man be of service to a woman in the way he wants to and I mm. think that I think that's you know there's a lot of nuance there and there is a lot of things there because there is a lot of distortion and a lot of abuse and a lot of things that mm-hmm. you know in terms of the way the masculine has treated the feminine um but I think that also is why there is such a culture of the nice guy in our society because it's there is a lot of men feeling it's unsafe to bring this like I call it the beast. Yeah. It's unsafe to bring like the beast within me, which I would say, and you know, I probably think you would say this, this is like an in- an integral, important part of a man, uh-huh. similar to woman, like her Shakti energy, her sexuality, her aliveness, like that's a man's inner beast. And mm. when we deny the man his beast, when we live in a culture which basically says that's unsafe, cage it up, push it down, that one that creates nice guys, which are then uh, men that don't really have backbones, don't mm. stand for anything. They they might think they're safe, but they're actually not creating safety for the women they're with, their families, their communities, the world. Like our world and our women and, you know, our, our children, they need men with motherfucking backbones. They need men that stand for something. They need men that are, that know their beast and connect with their beast, but aren't controlled by it. Oh. Mm. <laughs> This is important. This is a really important conversation because, like I said, like the modern world does push against that, but mm-hmm. that's part of the test mm-hmm. that we as men must rise to and why the appropriateness of initiation work is coming online again for men. Like it's really starting to rise up and like men want to go out into nature and be challenged mm-hmm. and to be called into the depths of their beast and then learn how to be celebrated in that so they can then uh, bring it in a healthy way to the community and become sturdy. Mm-hmm. Like become sturdy uh, in a way that allows women to really relax into that sturdiness. That word is so sturdy. Fuck, I love the word sturdy. Sturdy. Mm. Sturdy. If you ever want to like compliment me, like, God, you're, you're, you are incredibly sturdy, Jacob. You are sturdy. People actually comment mm. on your physical appearance and you have your legs are. Mm. Insane. You have very sturdy, muscular legs. I've never been pushed over, <laughs> ever. I've never tripped over. I've never actually sat down or laid down. I've always stood up. <laughs> that is someone, you, you say that a lot when people come out on your legs. Mm. I've never been pushed over. Um, but stir, And then I think mm. sturdy is also this like energetic quality of, I use the word unwavering a lot, mm. but there's this like, yeah, this sturdiness to a man, like he's mm. not, he's not going to be pushed over at the sign of like, you know, whether it's tension with his woman, he's not mm. going to fold. And that doesn't mean again, he's stubborn, but it's like, he holds his own and he's not going to just be like, Oh, whatever you want. So there's sturdiness with his woman, there's sturdiness with a life. Like if something, it, if something is pushing against what he values, he's going to fucking stand up for it. Uh-huh. You know, we saw this a lot during 
COVID and like, yep. you know, we, we saw the sturdy men. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> fuck. It was good. It was so good that that, that to me was like this collective medicine journey of like, who's going to actually stand and, 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 and like not choose outside of themselves, not choose outside of themselves. And yeah, there was a, a lot of guys got, went through, and I'm not saying that there was, it was a right or wrong decision, whatever no. decision you made, but it, it definitely would have on both sides. It would have reflected back, like your, you know, your values and whether or not you were going to attune and abide by your values. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a a big a big journey for everyone. Mm. And I think I, ju- I just want to deepen into this a little more that, and we can think of like. COVID or we can think of, you know, any, any other thing where there's like, maybe it's a man holding a really strong opinion online, like, yeah. a, a, like a value, like, or a man speaking up for something that no one really else has, mm. has the, the guts or the, the courage to speak up against. And mm-hmm. that's so sexy. Yes. I think as women, we love feeling that a man is willing to take a risk or mm. willing to, and not be reckless, but willing to stand up for something, even in the face of criticism, even in the face of um, whatever it might be, losing something, but standing for his, like, I find that unbelievably attractive. Yeah. You never want to lose, like, it doesn't matter if you lose friends, but just don't lose your fucking self. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you lose the validation or the acceptance of the crowd, never fucking lose yourself. Yeah. This is the like the path of like sovereignty. Sovereignty is like deep inner freedom. It's not about like, exiting the matrix. It's not about like becoming financially independent. Sovereignty is like a state of being where you know that you cannot be fucked with. It's a relationship that you have with your own death. It's like I would rather die than abandon what I know to be true. And this is kind of fucked up, but that's it. Like would you rather like as like for me like when I look at like my lineage like would I rather my father bend to the knee of a ruler that he does not agree to the values of and me get to live a life, a long life with him, you know, by my side, mm. living out out of integrity, or would I rather him stand up to that ruler and have his head fucking taken off and then I get to avenge his death in service to the value set that is of the O'Neill clan? Like that to me creates the hero's journey. That to me creates meaning. And then is like, does he actually die or does he become eternal in that standing of his values? And this is what men are looking for. They're looking for this sense sense of their own eternal nature. Mm. And that only comes from being okay with your own fucking death. Being okay that your values are more important than anything outside of them. Mm. And this is like, this is what turns, this is really what turns women on. Like when a man can stand in that, and it's not that you have to go and face off with a ruler and be decapitated just to prove that you <laughs> are going to hold your values. No, it's fun to talk in that and get get grandio- uh, grand with it. But like, can you actually stand your values? And like a great way to p- bring this into s- something a little more grounded and not so fantastical. I always get to like, oh yeah, the castle, the dragon, the the big thing. Is- I want to bring something. I've got a little like analogy here or an example. Is it about clothing? No. So for me, it's like if I put a, t- a shirt on and we're going out and Meg questions to that shirt, she's like, oh, do you reckon you could wear the white one instead? There's no the fucking day. reality where I will be putting on a white shirt. I am wearing the shirt that I put on because it's the shirt that I want to wear. I will never, I will never, ever let someone else tell me what shirt to wear. And I've 
ever. <laughs> like, I don't and care. And I find, again, even like the other day when we were filming something for Ignite Your Intimacy. I've got the shirt on right now. I've got the shirt on right now. And I, I don't really love the shirt. <laughs> I feel most myself in a loose-fitting button-up shirt with two pockets on the front. And I love that for you. <laughs> but you were wearing the shirt and I said, and I did do it in a bit of a like passive-aggressive way. I was like, oh, are you going to change before we start? And I did. You had been wearing that all day. I don't I think, think I've washed it yet. Yeah. And you were like, no, I'm wearing this. And mm. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> you're like, don't you like it? And I was like, no. You're like, I'm wearing it. <laughs> <laughs> but I love like even when I when I that mm. always makes me reflect on like why do I need you to wear the other shirt? Mm. Oh, I want it to look a certain way. That's why I fucking love you because mm. you don't give a fuck about how people perceive you and that just gets to yeah, it's really illuminating for me in those moments. I don't devalue an environment that I'm stepping into either. So I don't dis- I don't rock up to a wedding wearing thongs in a singlet, right? I don't yeah. I don't devalue the environment that I'm stepping into. If it's a wedding, I dress accordingly. If we're going out to dinner, I don't fucking wear boardies and uh, you know, a t shirt. I wear I wear something that I I know is a direct uh, reflection of the value of the environment that I'm stepping into. So I'm not I'm not being a prick or being being lazy by any means. You're just owning your I'm owning style. my style, which is really like owning my essence. So I'm not saying go and be a prick and just rock up to a wedding in a pair of footy shorts and thongs. No. Dress and respect the value of the environment that you are choosing to engage with 100%. But at any point, your woman wants to dress you a certain way. Oh, bro. Do not. Ne- like, I, I invite you to, to take on board what she's saying, but do not bend to her will because... Yeah, you're not an action figure. You're not a little boy. Like, own your style. Go and learn how to fucking put it, you know, wear your clothes properly. Wear, go and, like, explore your style. Sometimes you'll get it right. Sometimes you'll get it wrong. Mm. But that's important. And I'm not yeah. saying you have to spend thousands of dollars buying all the best clothes. Like, find out what sits well with your being when yes. you wear it. Yes. Mm. I was, I'm really into Love is Blind right now. You are so into Love is Blind right and now. for those of you that have followed me on Instagram, you would have mm. seen me doing some love is blind teaching and examples. And one of them was, and it was like one of my favorite fucking moments from the season. So I was watching season five um, and Lydia, this woman, they were on mm. holidays and she was like, Oh, please wear the black, please wear the blackboard shorts. I want us to match. I want us mm. to match. And he was like, no, I'm not going to wear them. I'm going to wear the other ones. And she was testing him. She was like, but I want you to wear the black ones. Please wear the black ones. Please wear the black ones. And he put the other ones on and he just, and he's heaps taller than her. And he just bent down, kissed her on the, and she was going, please, please, please. And he just bent down, looked her in the eyes, kissed her on the lips and goes, no, <laughs> walked away. And it was just the best Ever, because even in the face of her being like, I want to match, and I don't like those, and that doesn't go, and I don't know. and he just goes, no, <laughs> and in just this really, and this kind of circles back to when we're talking about the cut, like the left and right, and like how you can bring. It was really playful. Like he wasn't like fuck off, stop trying to control me. He was just, and he wasn't even like that in his energy. He was, you can't control me. That, yes. that was, he, he wasn't like, don't stop trying. He just, he, with his energy mm. and his transmission, it was, I'm a man that's not, you're not able to control. You'll understand that soon enough. And you do that with me too. It's like, it's not like, fuck off. That's so annoying. Uh, mm. It's no, I'm not going to change. Let's start recording. <laughs> <laughs> 
And like, this is how you actually grow and evolve the relationship into something that has the fiery passion that you're looking for without the, the, the walls. Mm. And this, this is like, that's a perfect, like, no, it's, it's not about making your partner wrong for wanting to change you. It's about mm. like holding and allowing her to rub up against that. You'll know, like let, let the waves crash against the shore. Oof. Like let nature do what nature does. <laughs> this is why spending time in the natural world will attune your body to this dynamic. Yeah. I always say when I take men out into nature, I'm like, you're, you think that it's the practices that we do that are going to change you. It's actually being out here and having a true, the most true representation of who you are reflected back to you mm-hmm. by the trees, the water, the earth, and mm-hmm. the sky. And that, I love that example. No, <laughs> let's go to the, let's go to the pool. Come on, let's go and have lunch. <laughs> and yeah, I loved, I loved you saying like, stop. Yeah. Like just let the waves crash up against the the shore. Mm, you say? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, like over time, like your woman will come to appreciate your no. Yes. Even in moment, like the other day when I said that and you said no, immediately I laughed about it. And I was like, oh, that was a bit slimy, wasn't it? I wanted you to change and I just didn't come out and say it. We were laughing about it. Yeah. And like, and again, I, I'd let go of, like, I honored your no. And mm. I was like, that's the shirt he's going to wear. I'm not going to throw a tantrum. It's mm. like, I actually fucking love that you're in that shirt because it's, it's you. And like, yeah, y- you believe in that shirt. <laughs> And this is like the beauty of a relationship. Your partner's always going to want you to fit into a certain mold based on what they have learned. Yes. Growing up, what they have yeah. learned from their, their exposure to life. Mm, or what they're seeing on Instagram. Or what they're seeing on Instagram. <laughs> I will never, ever dress the way that you want me to. Like, that's the truth. Like, there's a part of you that wants me to dress a certain way based on what you think you want. Are you talking to me? Yeah. I don't even, there's so many things you wear that I fucking love. Yeah. Oh, totally. But I also think that like there was, there is a version in, in your head that you would want me to dress like that when, if, that if I did, you actually wouldn't enjoy anyway. I think back in the day, I thought I wanted you to wear like boat shoes and I thought, I thought that was like attractive, that vibe. No, I'm not about that at all. Now Mm. I love like. Or I love, I love your style. Yeah. I love your style. Of course. Sometimes you just pick up things from the op shop that I'm like, I don't love that. Yeah. The, the Carhartt pants you bought, bought recently. Yes. All the Carhartt stuff, all of that. I'm, I'm all about. Yeah. I find it incredibly sexy. Yeah. I love that. And there's parts of me that wants to, that would love to try and control or change you. Right? No, there isn't. Yes, there is. I am perfect. You tell me I'm perfect all the time. There is not one part of me mm. that you would want to change. Is there? No, no. <laughs> no, no, no. You do whatever you want. I'll say yes to everything. <laughs> but this is the, like, I think this is what creates the tension, creates the friction, that creates mm. the fire, that keeps mm. the relationship warm and fucking beautifully passionate. And I think to make light of those things when we're like, when these things are in the shadows, when we're when we're not actually like owning the fact that there's there's part of us that wants to change certain things about our partner, that means they are in the shadows. And mm-hmm. that's when these these things, this desire to control or change comes out in manipulative, slimy ways, like through passive aggressiveness, through yes. yeah, manipulation, all of these different things. Where 
when we can actually just own, and this is so much a, a part of the work I do with women, like own there's a controlling bitch within you. Own there's a part of you that wants to, wants to and does sometimes manipulate your man. Like own all of those parts and then that you can bring a lightness to them mm. because there's not a shame around them. Like the other day when I told you to change your shirt and then it was like, oh, fuck, that was slimy as shit. Mm. Ugh, I'm sorry, wear the fucking shirt. Like it was, we could joke about it immediately. Yeah. So I just, I, I truly believe there's no woman and, and anyone that doesn't have like these shadowy things that want to play out in relationships. So my invitation to you is like, own these things. Stop mm. trying to pretend you're like, like I often say, stop trying to pretend as women, you're not high maintenance or you don't want things or you're not trying to control your man. Like just own that. Yeah. Especially the controlling piece. That's been so healing for me. Like, oh yeah. if I do tell you like, go, oh, why are you going right? You should have gone left. It's like, oh God. I'm sorry. I just, I, I'm going to relax into the car. That's just a part of me that thinks I need control to feel safe. I'm sorry. Can you put mm. your hand on me and can you tell me that I'm not allowed to control this situation? Once again, like hold that depth of consciousness. That mm. deep, that de- yeah. And, and, and bring that. I just want to like also circle back. The whole point of this conversation was to talk about the nice guy. And I feel like we've like done that, but there's a few things that we, that I'd like to bring in is like, mm. as men, if you are wanting to start to bring this in, you don't want to swing from being the nice guy to being the asshole. Yeah. So there's no need to go from swing the pendulum and, and overcorrect. So, for instance, like I was, I said yes to everything originally in our relationship. I was always saying yes. I was always doing whatever you wanted. I was following you wherever you wanted to go, doing all the things that you wanted to do because I thought that was what you wanted to feel loved. Mm. And initially it, it kind of worked. It was like, cool, this works. This, this system works. We're not fighting. Uh, you're getting what you want. I'm feeling like I'm getting what I want. I feel like I'm being useful. This is great. However, resentment started to build. Mm. There was a feeling of like, oh, if I keep doing this, then she's going to keep doing, there was a, there was a very much a dynamic of like, if I keep on doing all the things she needs me to do, then she's going to keep on giving me access to her pussy, keep on like being, uh, she's going to be the, you know, the woman that I, that I want. Eventually she's going to do the things that I want her to do because I keep doing the things that she wants to do, mm. but I'm not going to tell her what I want to do. I'm just going to like, she'll just eventually realize this is, you know, she'll just come to, come to the table. And it wasn't until I actually realized I was like, ah, oh, fuck, I'm not speaking my desires. And you triggered that in, in, in me by saying like, I can't feel you. I mm-hmm. can't feel, do you have an effect? Do you even have an opinion on anything, Jacob? <laughs> Like, are you going to tell me what your thoughts are, what you believe about this, or are you just going to agree with what I I say, or are you just going to say what you think I want to say so we can go back to being neutral? Yeah, think I want to hear. Mm. Yeah. And that to me is the, the, the nice guy's inability to be with discomfort, the nice guy's inability to own his desires, to own his beast. And this, like circling back at this, I'm sort of reiterating on some of the stuff, like this is because a man's worth is determined by other people. Mm. His value is determined by other people. And for me, I believe that I could only ever be loved when I was doing what other people wanted me to do, mm. when I was giving to other people in the way that they wanted it. And I was never actually, I would always put myself last. And this is the shadow of the nice guy is like, he's the, he's the hero that will take the shirt off his back and give, but beneath that giving, there's an expectation that he'll get something back. That's the sliminess of the nice guy. It is manipulative. It's manipulative as fuck. It's like, if I do these three 
chivalrous things, then I'm going to get to have sex with her. If I do, you know, if I'm the, if I'm the guy that, you know, is really kind and does the things that, you know, all the other guys don't, she's going to choose me. And it's not that we're saying you can't open the door and do all those chivalrous things, mm. but it's like doing that from a very conscious, doing doing that without- Without need. Without conditions. And that can only happen when you're mm. solid in yourself, right? The nice yeah. guy is like, okay, I've got to push down these parts of myself mm. so that I can be that, so that she feels safe and I can yeah, you know, get what I want. We, You do that because you're a fucking man, full mm. stop. You do that because that's what a man does. That's his sacred duty. You don't get a fucking lolly because you do that. You don't get a sweet treat because you held the door open or because you listened to her feelings. No, fuck that. You do that because you're a man. Full fucking stop. <laughs> then you go and you do your work. You 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 train in the way that you want to. You you attend. You tend to your garden. You do your practices. You go out and you find the 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 path of of initiation that is next for you. And then you come home and you be a fucking man. Mm. And I I'm saying this as a man that is developing himself still in this role. Mm. I am not by any means perfect, and but I am willing. Mm. So when I speak this, whoever's listening, whether it's a woman that's like, fuck, I want a man like that, or if it's a man like, fuck, Jacob, fuck, I, oh, do I need to be perfect then? No, you need to be willing. Mm. You need to be willing to make this decision that, hey, I'm a fucking man and I'm going to embrace it. And I'm going to see this as a sacred duty. And I'm going to do my best to continually expand my capacity to be with what is whilst also moving towards a greater vision that includes something for myself to feel truly free, something for my relationship so I can experience deep intimacy and something for my legacy so I can actually bring meaning to the work that I do in this world. Mm. And all of those three things, self, relationships and legacy, they're all built on your values. What is your foundation that you've built? Is it aligned with the values that you believe in and that you hold within yourself? Or is it born of, I need, uh, it's, it's what she wants. It's what the world wants for, for me. It's what I should be doing. That's a sandy, very unfirm foundation. Yeah. Mm. I'm almost hearing within all of this, it's like the, the balm for the nice guy. Oh, the salve. Yeah. The, the balm. salve, the balm. The soothing balm. For the nice guy is like, doing the inner work. It's like his own personal practice. It's, it's him, mm. you know, so much of the initi it's, it, it's initiatory, right. Of passage work yep. of letting go of this idea that it, it's really, it's, it's, it's really like this parallel to the work I do with women, which is letting go of this conditioning that a woman has to stick in a little box and contort herself mm. to be desired and to be loved and to be a good woman. And it's th the same for many of the nice guys. It's mm -hmm. like, I've been conditioned to play this nice guy and, and not, not have a strong opinion and not because I might hurt a woman or I might, you know, that's not a safe man mm -hmm. where it's actually the opposite. Like we said before, a man that can't stand for something, mm. a man that doesn't have access to his inner beast, that's that's not a safe man. Not at all. It's a man that can be controlled. Mm. And if a man can be controlled by external factors, then he is not a safe man because when something comes to take what you you, you love, you won't have the you won't have the fight in you. You won't mm. have the ability to stand up and say no. Mm. And this is not about going out and being 
uh, violent. This is about like when, you know, and this is, uh, if anyone ever gets the chance to go and listen to Leon Cossa tell a story, please do. Or if anyone like gets to go and listen to a mythopoetic man speak, please do. I remember him saying in the this, the the live telling of Iron John, he's like, "Anything worth its salt, anything that you that you love, one day you'll have to fight for. Anything you love, one day you're going to have to fight for it, because that's just the nature of the beast. That's just the nature of man. Like one day you're going to have to fight for it. And if you haven't been practicing how to fucking fight, when the fight comes, you're not going to have the capacity to fight for what you love. Mm. And this is the path of the open-hearted warrior." Mm. This is like, you know, I always say the fiercest warrior wears no armor. I fucking love, like, I just think of like the, the, the scene in Troy uh, and the two uh, armies are fa- facing across from each other. And to save all of the men's lives, all of the, the warriors, um, the, the two kings say, pick your fiercest warrior and bring him out and we'll let them fight on behalf of the armies. And whoever wins... Whichever war, um, fiercest warrior wins, then the army will join his his side, and the king will renounce his his throne to the other king. And they can't actually find Achilles because he's still asleep. He's still he's still asleep. And all these, and he's like, "Where's Achilles?" And Achilles, like, he shows up, and he he's not even interested in fighting. That's the best bit. He's not he's not he's not phased by by the battle. He's like, I, I you know I show up and I'll fight when I'm ready. And then when he's called, he will answer the call, right, to fight. And it's so funny that his opponent is huge and massive and carries this big sword and this massive spear. And uh, it's so great. Achilles starts running towards him and he starts by skipping and it almost looks like a fucking dance. And he runs out to meet this guy and this guy starts throwing spears at him. And the first spear hits Achilles' shield. He throws it to the ground. And then he keeps running. And then the second spear flies at him and right at the last second he dodges it. And it's as if he's moving. It's not even as if he's fighting. It's as if he's dancing. And he runs towards, he runs at, like at a pace that is feverish with fierce belief in who he is. And he runs towards this mountain of a man that any other man would be terrified to face. And as he runs, he runs and he leaps towards him and he leaps and he dodges a swing of this guy's sword, jumps up, grabs him on the shoulder and just stabs his sword into the neck of this guy and then pulls it out, sort of runs, skids to a stop and like turns around and looks at him and just watches this man like turn around, take like a moment to blink and then just fall and die. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, that's the fucking energy. That's what I'm here for. I'm here to cultivate that kind of belief in myself. I'm not going to have to like fight someone to the death for it, but I'm going to go out and initiate myself so I have the capacity for that. I'm going to go and train jujitsu for the next 10 years Mm. and become a black belt. And I'm going to do the, I'm going to go out and do the vision quests every year. Mm. I'm going to go and do the ceremonies that initiate me spiritually, physically, and emotionally into something that is unfuckwithable. And these days, like, it, it might not ever be physical combat. No. This is more building up the energetic or um, nervous system capacity. Yes. Energetic capacity to face any threat. Mm. And this can be, I was going to bring this example in before and I can't remember exactly where. I think it was when you were talking about being decapitated and, and things like that. Yeah. Um, but, like, the threat might be as a man, like, you have a controlling mother mm. and your mother is trying to kind of like 
weave her way into your family. Maybe you have kids and it's just like your wife's Mm. uncomfortable with that or like she wants you to kind of claim that, hey, like I'm I'm the woman of this house. I don't need your mother, like, you know, micromanaging everything or yes. having an opinion on everything. Yes. And, you know, this is such a common thing. We've we, I've I've seen this multiple, multiple times. Um the threat there is your mother. Yes. Like, and this doesn't mean you can't love your mother, but the battle or the the thing to stand up for is to stand to stand up in that moment mm. and to have enough of a spine to to set the boundaries for your family and to protect your family and to protect your woman, right? So often it's like, no, oh, but that would hurt her feelings, and I don't know. Oh, just let it. Oh, it's okay. She means well. Where it's like, if your woman is saying this is making me uncomfortable, and I would prefer to have boundaries in the home or whatever it might be, like. Your job is to be a voice for that and to advocate for your family. And that's the that's the modern day kind of moments that we're talking about instead of where where a woman is not turned on or doesn't trust the nice guy in those moments. Mm. The nice guy is not going to have a conversation with his mother. The nice guy is going to avoid conflict at all costs and he's going to have a woman that doesn't trust him and feels unsafe or uh, feels super resentful that creates more tension in the home and between relationships. Like that's a messier situation than a man that just goes, I am going to have the conversation. Even if it's uncomfortable, I'm a fucking, yeah. Mm. Protect my family. That is such, my family. that is such a fucking boss move for a man to do. It's like, Hey, listen, you're my family now. Mm-hmm. Hey, you are my priority. I remember, and this was, um, this is a beautiful moment. Um, and it was really, it's funny, like, how emotional this makes me, but it's beautiful. It's like, I remember when I was going through a really tough time and this is going to be great. I'm, I'm glad that I'm telling this make, makes sense why I went home last weekend. Mm. Mm. You ready for me to share? You want this? <laughs> you ready for me to open my heart to you? I remember when I was, like, really going through, like, the 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 wrestle of, like, really wanting to step the fuck up in, in our relationship and really wanting to, like, claim my place as a as a business owner, as a men's coach, and I want to have a real fucking go at this. And I remember, um, like, sharing that with my dad, and I was like, oh, I just want to, like, I want to marry Meg. I want to, like, ask Meg to marry me soon. I'm like, I really just... I really just want to... I really just want to do well. I want to... I want to... I want to make my mark on the world. And I remember him just being like, well, you just have to make that decision, mate. <laughs> He's like, I can't make it for you. And I, in that moment, I was looking for him to, like, mother me, and he wouldn't. And he just said, listen, mate, I can't make that decision for you. You have to make it. If you want to marry her, marry her. If you want to go and do your work, go and do your work. And I remember just being like, oh, thank you. Like, he gave me permission in a way that didn't stop me from going after what I wanted. And I remember him saying, listen, I can't, you know, you, you, you don't live here anymore. I'm not, in, I don't, I don't, you don't belong to me. He said, "I'm I'm here. Your mum's my your mum's my priority now. I'm here to do stuff with her, look after this house. If you want to come back and spend some time, you know that door's always open. But that's a decision that you have to make." And I remember breaking down and crying and feeling really emotional. And I was like, "Fuck, I do want this. I do want my own family. I do want to be the man of the house. I do want what you've got to a degree. I want my own family. I want my own." place of residence where I tend to the yard and fix things and change the oil in the cars in the garage. I want this. I want this. And I went to a men's retreat, uh, men's well-being, and we got to actually sit with our own death, 
with Pravas. Did mm. you you haven't met Pravas yet? He's a he's a dear dear man. He he and I had the beautiful beautiful uh, three hour conversation one night. But in that, I got to draw what 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 I wanted for my life, and I drew a river, I drew tents, I drew a fire, and I drew trees, and I drew this big long table, and um. What I did was I just drew what I had as a kid. Like I drew what I was gifted as a child, this freedom, this free range life. And um, it was really funny that, you know, the table, my dad built it with his mate Damo out at the river. Like we had this camping ground that we'd go to every year and they built a table and it would just stay there. And every year we'd come back and we'd put our tents up next to the river and I'd go fishing and we'd all cook on the fire and we'd all like prepare our food up on this table and yeah, what I was wanting was just this, what I was wanting was what I received. What I was wanting to create for, for my life was what I received, but I had to choose it, right? I had to choose it for myself. And it's funny, you know, the way that there's symbols and the way that my dad does life that really has a like this texture of meaning without him having to explain it. Mm. Like I've got a chopping, he made chopping boards from that table because that table, um, the property got sold and we couldn't go camping there anymore. So dad went down and got that table, brought it home and he made chopping boards for all of us kids. So we've got a chopping board that's made from that table. And I'm just like, wow, like I carry that, I carry that, that desire with me. And I'm, I'm creating that now in the way that we go camping and we go to creeks and rivers and we do that and we have kids around us. And yeah, I just realized. And then when I went home on the weekend, like we were sitting down in the garage and dad and I were stripping all of this copper wire, all the plastic off it because he was taking it to, to recycle it and you get paid good money for this um, copper. And he just said, how's your head? He said, are you good? And I, I like, I was, I was like, it felt like this full circle moment of like, Oh, like that conversation that we had so long ago and like me not knowing who I was and going on this journey, I was able to like sit in the garage and not feel wobbled. I felt like it was like two men rather than like this child, like asking his dad's permission for help. I feel like, Hey, like give me, let me know it's going to be okay. Let me know that I'm not fucking mad for wanting what I want. And, uh, yeah, we were stripping. He's like, you good? Your head good? I was like, I am so fucking good, dad. Like I'm fucking happy to be here. Like I, there's no place I'd rather be. Like I am in a good fucking place. And all of that, like, I'm really excited to share some footage from The Gathering of Men too because, like, I got to invite my dad into seeing me as the powerful man that he fucking gave me permission to be by not mothering me, by not pandering to my emotional chaos and saying, go out and fucking get it, son. And I think so many men are looking for that fucking permission to go and fucking get it, go and become a man. And many men are still struggling because they're, 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 they're in relationships where they're trying to please their mother. Mm. And this is the fucking tragedy of the nice guy is that he's living a life where he's constantly trying to please his mother and not upset his dad by mm. going f- by creating his own kingdom. <sighs> oh, fuck. That was intense for me just then. That was really beautiful. Yeah, that was brought up a lot. It's crazy how my life makes so much more sense when I speak about it. Like, it's so beautiful to self-reflect and externally process here on this microphone with you, my love. But yeah, I, I truly believe that everyone has, like, and this is, I, I say this and I kind of want to finish here because I've got to, um, I've got to end, I've got to, something else to do. I've got to go and 
be a man, be a fucking man, live but up to your responsibility. I believe every, and this is like me and my little brother love Matthew McConaughey, and we love his book Green Lights. It's a great storytelling for any men that want to listen to it. It's great on Audible, but I believe every man has to eventually break up with his mum and punch his dad in the face. <laughs> Do you mean literally? And I mean that metaphorically. <laughs> I mean, like, you're not actually in a relationship with your mum, but you kind of are. Yeah. You need to stop making out with your mum. And you need to punch your dad in the face. What is the what is the punching your dad in the face? You need to, like, fight like? fight for the, you know, fight for your right. And it's not really yeah. punching, but you need to, like, say, hey, listen, I'm a fucking man now. Or you need to, like, have a conversation and be vulnerable with him. Mm. Expose yourself to the point where he's like, go and get what's yours. Mm. You know, I didn't punch my dad in the face. But I said, hey, I want to I want to do this. And he was like, go and fucking do it then. Mm. I don't need to. And he's like, I'm not you. And he kind of gave me the blessing to go and fuck up. And I've done stuff that he hasn't agreed with. I go and do things that he doesn't, that aren't his values, but they're mine. Mm. So now, like I said, stripping that copper, I went home to go and sit on the river and do mushrooms and be in my spiritual practice. And I had a moment, I was like, fuck dad, we're like, I'm doing the ceremony. Like we, we literally. Oh, you don't need to do mushrooms on the land. You just need to strip copper wire yeah, in the shed. shed. But it was. It was like we're doing. We're we're peeling back the layers, right, of this copper. We're peeling back the plastic layers to get to the value in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> and like as we did it, we kind of we we found our flow where we had this all of this copper in these short lengths, and we we just naturally started to. Um, Synchronize. We had this flow that just, we didn't have to say anything. We just started to do it. And then all of a sudden we had this flow where we'd do, t- we'd strip this, this part off it. And then we'd change the, as he was changing the, the, the blade on the Stanley knife, I would then go and pick up all of that and I'd put it in the bin. And then when he was, and then by the time that we'd strip the, the, the inner layer off and then we'd get to the, the valuable thing on the inside. So everything is just, a peeling back of the layers. Life is a medicine journey. Life is a medicine journey. That I- is that is true. Mm. I think, you know, we've done a lot of medicine work and I love medicine work. Mm. And yet, and this is same thing for self-development. Mm. It's like, yes, all of that work is, is, is powerful, mm. but life is the fucking ceremony. Oh. If you're like hiding in the medicine ceremony and avoiding the conversation you need to be having with your father, you're not actually doing the work. And life, like relationships, Mm. how you navigate relationships in your life. That's the ultimate ceremony Mm -hmm. and medicine work, often self-development or embodiment work can give you the blueprint Mm -hmm. and can support you to um, really feel your capacity for life. Mm -hmm. But then you've got to go fucking live it. You've got to choose. You can't bypass your way in out of the conversations that need to be had and the vulnerability that needs to be shown. And that's some of like, like I think for both of us is going to make me cry now. Like I love that quote around like the quality of your life is the quality of your relationships determined by the quality of your, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The quality of relationships determines the quality of your life. And Mm -hmm. I think I look around at our life and I'm like, yeah, I, I really fucking believe that to be true. And a huge part of that is though that we've, done a lot of the work on ourselves on our own relationship and we we are ruthlessly devoted to leaning into the conversations that need to be had around us and yeah bringing our full selves not shying away from we don't separate life no from ceremony no we don't go oh those people don't get it or they're not spiritual and i'm just gonna Uh, go with my medicine community where i feel safe it's like to us yes there's 
there's truth in that sometimes when you don't feel safe in relationships and you can, you know, set boundaries. I've, I've had practices of that lately. Yeah. yeah. Um, but also it's like, you know, can, can you see life as the ceremony? Can you, can you really lean in and, mm. and, and we, yeah. yeah, we bring, we bring that, like we, we own that, like our families, like we bring them in. We don't hide that. We had mm. like, like in our, at, at our wedding, like I, I created a despacho. We had a circular um, design for our ceremony. I loved some of like my family or like my um, mum, like family friends came yeah. over. I don't even know half the stuff that went on, but that was just the best ceremony I've ever been to. I, I felt it. Yeah. I really felt it. And that's why I became a celebrant too. Like I became a, I'm a registered marriage celebrant, which is crazy because I was like, I want to create ceremonies like this for others. So people yeah. feel the love that you share. Yeah. And my aunt, she was crying to me. She's like, all I saw was this little boy playing with his Lego. Just, he was just, and I'm like, what? That's what you got from it? She's like, oh, like she saw the part of me that hadn't lost my spark. My ch- She saw the mm. boy with the golden ball still there. Mm-hmm. I hadn't oh lost. God. Yeah. I hadn't lost my, or I'd reclaimed my, my innocence and my play and my love and my spirit, like my connection to spirit. I wasn't mm. hiding that. I wasn't trying to be something. I was just being me. Mm. And I think that's such a, a valuable thing that you can bring with consciousness, with respect, with maturity as you walk this path of, of manhood. Aho. Mm. Aho. What an episode. This has been fun. I love telling stories. I love You're this. A great this is my favorite. This has made my favorite podcast. Yeah, ever. that was delicious. Okay. Mm. We love you. Bless up, lovers. We'll see you next week. See you next week. Yo, yo, yo. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Sex, Love, and Everything in Between. Now, if you'd like to stay connected with Meg and I, you can head on over to Instagram and follow me at the Jacob O'Neill. And where can people find you, lover? At the.meg.o. Uh, amazing. And yeah, guys, check out the show notes for all other information in regards to what we've got coming up. And yeah, we're super, super grateful that you guys have taken the time to listen in to this podcast. If you do have any topics or any questions, like I said, hit us up on Instagram and we'll see what we can do. Apart from that, have a beautiful, beautiful rest of your day. Thanks for being here. Big, big love.